0: It is 7 minutes past 10 o'clock. Joining us now is our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al, how are things over there near Heartland, Minnesota?
1: It's a, a really a nice day. You know, I think on Mother's Day, we had a little bit of snow a couple of times. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it snow. It came down, it wasn't sleet, and it wasn't hail. It kind of bounced on the deck like mini popcorn snow snow sort of thing. But whatever it was, it was something we shouldn't have had on Mother's Day, but we had it anyway. And uh, I wandered around, you know, I walked through the yard now, which has really turned a uh, sort of a blue color. We have a lot of Virginia bluebells and violets of every kind. And Oh, you know, I had a song stuck in my head. She wore blue violet. Uh, Bobby Vinton's voice sang it in my head, which of course is uh, she wore blue velvet, but uh-huh. it, in my head, it was uh, wore blue violet. And um, service berries is blooming. It's also called shad highbush High Bush, blueberry, Juneberry, Saskatoon berry. Uh, Native Americans pounded its late summer berries with venison to make pemmican. And barn swallows, saw them this morning, the acrobats of the air, they flew and called overhead, and I've always wanted to join them in flight, but lacking <laughs> wings and a forked tail, I've been unable to do so. Chickadees went bill to bill and cardinals beak to beak while mate feeding. It's an awe-inspiring moment, and awe would be A-W-W-W-W, endless W, it was just really cool. Uh, there's a bandit in the brush this morning. It's a delight always to see the Jim Dandy common Yellowthroat in the yard. I have uh, just a little, one little battle here. Raging hormones caused a robin to fight with his reflection in a window glass for just, uh, I don't know if it was even a minute. So I hope, I hope that's all it, I, I focused a bright light on the glass Because I had one of these lamps that I could turn, and that will sometimes do away with the reflection. Otherwise, as I've mentioned a lot, you can put uh, plastic cling on there, cardboard, butcher paper, newspaper, car wax, soap, anything in the area where he's uh, fighting with it. I walked the uh, Blazing Star Trail in Albert Lea. I had a clinic appointment, so I went down and walked uh, that. I don't know. It's hard. To, uh, I, I know I need to keep out everybody's way. So I have to move way off to the side. So I take my camera along because then I can find something to take a picture of. <clears throat> and uh, I see a lot of people I know. And, you know, we holler at one another from six feet away. And I'm, I'm taking some photos and a friend, Lori Adams of Geneva, walked past and called out, I'll bet it takes you forever to go for a walk. And she's <laughs> Which I was aiming my camera at a solitary sandpiper and a northern water thrush, and all I could tell Lori was it depends. Uh, when I walked into malls, I hike as fast as I can. My wife doesn't like walking with me because I just take off. and I'm like those drivers we meet on the freeway that has to pass everything in sight. I'm one of those guys. I just got to get the steps in and the miles in. But when I move from a mall to the trail, it's like going from 90 miles per hour to spending 90 minutes in one spot. And as uh, I believe, uh, was it Kent Spellman uh, asked about wildlife and uh, how this is all impacting them, and I mentioned a little bit about, I bet there is fewer wildlife and car collisions and I think there is, you know, I had to go to this clinic appointment. And I drove uh, back home, so I'm, I'm a ways from town. So it's uh, 20 minutes to get to the clinic anyway. I didn't see a whole lot of things that I normally see lying dead on the road. So maybe it is a, a, a change for them. Uh, most fawns will be born now mid-May through early June, so be on the lookout for those cute little guys. And this is going to sound odd, but I want to thank some folks who I was scheduled to speak to, and I can't do it, but I know a lot of them are listeners, so I just want to thank them because I appreciate being offered the opportunity, uh, Riverbend Nature Center in Faribault, Oak Park Place in Albert Lee, the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners in Mankato. Um, <clears throat> Cutner's Seeds in Hutchinson, Village 55 Seniors in La Center, North Lakeland Discovery Center, uh, it's based in Wisconsin, but uh, we have a couple listeners, uh, Writers Conference at the College of St. Benedict, uh, Detroit Lakes Festival of Birds, the BBRP Expo in Cannon Falls, North American Migration Count uh, Breeding Bird Survey that I've done every year forever has been canceled. The Freeborn County Fair, of which I am one of the many superintendents has been uh, uh, stuck a fork in that for the year. And then I was to speak at Memorial Day in Geneva and Allendale and a whole raft of other places, but they're a long ways away. But uh, I, I wish I could be at all those. And my wife, Karen, sent me, uh, or told me, okay <laughs> uh, about squirrels chewing pots.
0: Yeah, the, the garden pots. Specifically, they like apparently the fiberglass ones better or plastic ones better than others. And so there was a big discussion on one of my garden uh, Facebook groups and uh, why are the squirrels doing this? And they're just kind of like scratching and gnawing at them. And, I mean, they're obviously not eating them. What in the heck are they doing, sharpening their teeth or dulling their teeth?
1: Yeah, and I imagine there's a, there's some salt and maybe oh. some other mineral deposits on, particularly I would think the clay pots, which would have kind of a wicking action. Uh, but there'd be probably some salt and uh, deposits on the other ones too. And so their diet probably, they're like us during this time. They're probably just not eating as well as they probably should normally. or So they'll they need these things in their diet and then of course they also gnaw on the pots to get this to keep their continuously growing teeth from getting too long so probably a couple reasons
0: well the other complaint they have is sometimes people have planted bulbs in the pots and they come and take those out now do they eat those or do they just do it for fun i swear they just it's like going to look for some balls to play with if you're (laughs) a kid hey look this looks like a fun thing you know they'll dig them out of the ground but why
1: I think uh, primarily it's looking for food, and oh. then sometimes they get them out and go, Ew, this isn't <laughs> good at all. Cause I've noticed that, too, and they will sometimes just toss them aside like, yeah. That thing is yucky. I thought it'd be better than that. So I it probably part of it maybe is curiosity, saying, What are those dumb humans? What are they burying now? Sometimes they bury perfectly good food. And so I think it's uh, probably both. Uh, Brian Smith, Brian lives in Sleepy Eyes, saw a red-eyed vireo. Todd Mitchell was in Freeborn County, saw a prothonotary warbler. I've seen them myself at Myrie Big Island State Park, beautiful birds. Uh, Carolyn Fisher of Mason City says she's got a western tanager in her backyard. Erica Foreman said, I just heard a catbird singing away across the street from my home. I absolutely love those birds. Marilyn Anderson, Marilyn lives in Glenville, said, Hi Al, I was out for a drive down by the Grass Lake area on the Minnesota Iowa State Line Road on Sunday. I came upon a small pond with some Canada geese, and to my surprise I saw a pair of what I think were whooping cranes. They were much larger than the geese and stood very tall. They were white with red on the top of their heads. I stopped the car and watched them for some time, but they never took to flight someone told me they were extinct but when I Googled them I found they are still around but very few I am anxious to know if you have heard of any whooping cranes in the that area thanks for any information you can provide uh, Marilyn. whooping cranes are the tallest bird in North America they're around five feet so in comparison Oh, a great blue heron. Most of us are familiar with them. They're mm-hmm. about four feet tall, so it's a foot taller than those guys. Uh, they definitely are not extinct, although they have teetered on that edge. I have seen a pair in Wasika County, Steele County, and Freeborn County uh, through the years. I saw them uh, not far from where you're looking, and it's been the same pair each time that I've seen. They're from Wisconsin and our birds of passage here, and their legs have been loaded with various bands. Uh, Verna Hoppy said, Hi Al, a little cold here this morning. The water in the bird bath froze. I have three Orioles, two males, very different. One is mostly black on the back, the other has an orange back, mostly from shoulder to tail, about an inch or wide. Is this a different species? I looked in a couple of books, don't really show the back in pictures. I sent, uh, I have taken umpteen photos of Baltimore Orioles, so I sent uh, Verna a few, and it's just variances in plumages. On a rare occasion, we get a Bullocks Oriole. I think there was one in Sleepy Eye, but uh, it sounds like uh, I heard back from Verna and says, yep, they're just Baltimore Orioles in different dress. Hmm. Uh, Marlis Weber of Albert Lees and Heil went out for a usual drive yesterday, which entails driving aimlessly down country roads, turning right or left when we feel like it, even though we don't know where that road goes. Anyway, saw two birds with two young. They were the tall, long neck like a crane, but a reddish-brown color mostly all over. Couldn't really see any other distinguishing markings. What were we seeing? Our little bird book didn't help us at all this time. Hope all is well with you. This is a difficult time. We miss our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. So far in the past six weeks, our company has been comprised of the TV man, the Internet man, and the window replacement man. And at about the same time, I heard from Doug Engstrom, who has work Upholstery in Janesville. He said, I saw two adult cranes with two chicks, three county three north of Waldorf. They were spotted by Nancy Wick of the Heartland Wicks. And uh, I know the Heartland Wicks very well. And yeah, so they are sandhill cranes with their young in both cases. They're marvelous. Uh, Kent Spellman of Albert Lee sent a wonderful New York Times article for, about David Sibley birding in a lockdown. Elizabeth Closemore said, Greetings, Al. Thank you for once again for putting a grin on my face and inspiring me to go out to welcome a bird back. Yesterday, my thrill was uncommon for my area, yellow-headed blackbirds singing in a cattail very close. That sound, how do you write about that poetically? Uh, Yeah, they make me sound good as a singer, so I appreciate yellow-headed blackbirds. Uh, Bobby Forrester of Hollandale saw a summer tanager, Cindy Drill of North Mankato said I discovered this morning that a pair of robins have built their nest on the top of a trellis of honeysuckle at the back of my house at about six feet off the ground. This is conveniently located behind the barbecue grill at the corner of the carport adjacent to the sidewalk that leads to the patio. We have had them build under the overhang of the carport in the past, where they fly off in a panic each time the car enters or departs. I cannot imagine how much exercise they're going to get if they're disturbed every time we walk out of the house. They're also eating me out of my mealworm allowance. I have also been visited by a couple of male Orioles a couple times a day. Uh, may, and they partake of jelly and oranges and enjoy a bird bath. A male, ruby-throated hummingbird has been seen at least once. Uh, goldfinches are becoming more numerous, and I also have a Swainson thrush visiting me. Keeping my eyes peeled in case I get one of my rare indigo bunting sightings. They don't always pass through here, but when they have, it seems to co- coincide with Mother's Day. Uh, ryan shackleton said he saw an osprey this morning north of walmart in mason city somebody's always seeing something by walmart in mason city i don't know what that's going on there <laughs> uh, ryan goes on says great morning for turkeys too saw groups on most of the gravel roads i drove uh, brian smith who i mentioned earlier from sleep Eye sleepy Eye, saw a white-faced ibis at the milford township wetland and that would be in brown county Sean Conrad saw Hensel Sparrow in Freeborn County. Lene Helverson photographed an adult male painted bunting in Kutsky Park in Rochester. Uh, painted buntings, if folks, if you get a chance, uh, just Google a uh, uh, male painted bunting. Oofta, they are. That's the why the word oofta was invented. Uh, Peter Madsen, who lives in Udolpho Township in uh, Maurer County, said, Terry Taylor and I, with some help from feeder watchers, got 72 species of birds Saturday, only five warbler species, but we did see four northern water thrushes in three different locations. I think that's more water thrushes than I'd seen in total before yesterday. I predict the warblers will be here in numbers when the south wind returns midweek. The most unusual sighting was a pure white red-winged blackbird near the remnant prairie in Taopi. I managed to get a few pictures which are pretty fuzzy but you can see it's white. what it, yeah. well, did
0: it have a red wing though if it's pure white did it still have the distinctive red wing how they knew it was a red wing blackbird bird
1: It it was in the company of a male oh. it was a female and the male was definitely I could see in the photos and uh Peter said looks like she's carrying something in her beak and it's probably nesting material so and that was by teope and in Mauer County. And uh, there's always something good to see around Teope too. It's just like the Walmart in Mason <laughs> City. Uh, Karen Smead had a nice talk with Karen this morning. She has an eastern toey in her yard. She said, man, I had to look it up. I've never seen one of those before. And again, if you have an old book, it's a Rufus-sided toey. And she also had brown thrashers. Diedrich Benz saw a common galley new in uh, Steele County. That would uh, show up as a moorhand in some books. Uh, ben Frickman saw a white-faced ibis in Steele County. Doug Kieser saw a white-faced ibis in Brown County. And Ron Erpelding saw a great-tailed grackle in uh, Watanwan County. And uh, folks that have traveled south much at all have probably seen these uh, great-tailed grackles. They're, uh, they're a little bigger than our grackles here, uh, but they just, uh, they're, they're as noisy as our grackles here. And I got a nice, uh, oh, it's a, looks like a junior high, asked a question, why is it a sin to kill a mockingbird? Hmm. Um, thanks for the lead-in, allowing me to mention one of my favorite books. And I bet these guys in their class were had been, or maybe they are. I'm not sure if it's a homeschool group. I can't quite figure out what what they are, but I appreciate them anyway. But uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, I bet they're having something to do with that by Harper Lee. And in that book, Ms. Maudie, explains to Scout why Atticus declared it was a sin to kill a mockingbird. Uh, Atticus said, mockingbirds don't do one thing but make music for us to enjoy. They don't eat up people's gardens. They don't nest in corn cribs. They don't do one thing but sing their hearts out for us. That's why it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. And again, that's Miss Mott explaining to Scout why Atticus declared it was a sin to kill a mockingbird in to kill a mockingbird so it's a, a great book uh, can i use honey in my hummingbird nectar feeder uh, no please don't use honey uh, i love honey you know put it on a biscuit or something to <laughs> eat it yourself it just but use white table sugar to make hummingbird or oreo food. When honey is diluted with water, bacteria um, and fungus thrive in it. Uh, I know we all think honey because they find honey that's survived forever. But when it's mixed with water, it's not a good thing. The normal nectar mixture is four parts water, one part sugar. Now, you, when it's-
0: you don't need to color it. A lot of people, I know, put food, di- uh, food dyes in it to make it red or whatever and and that's just for your own benefit isn't it because they don't care or do they
1: no they don't and uh some i talked to somebody said well they had a a homemade feeder and it had no red on it so they thought maybe the dye would attract them but you know put a little ribbon around it or a Mm. fingernail polish or something so it's red And that'll do just as good a job. And when it's cold, like we've had this cold, rainy, foggy weather, when maybe birds need a little more energy, it's okay to make it three to one. Three parts water, one part sugar. And if you make small quantities of sugar water every day or two, you don't need to boil the water. But if you prepare massive batches and refrigerate them for later use, then it'd be wise to make them with boiling water. But yeah, don't, there's no need to put that uh, coloring in there, food coloring, mm-hmm. or molasses, jello, uh, brown sugar, artificial sweeteners, powdered sugar, corn syrup, maple syrup, or Kool-Aid in there. Uh, all those things are questionable, and probably a lot of them are bad, so it's just... Uh, not,
0: not even Kool-Aid, the the Kool-Aid
1: guy? Not, e- not <laughs> okay. even Kool-Aid, Which uh, even the red Kool-Aid, which sounds yeah. like it would be great for a hummingbird, but huh. no, you're better off just that regular white kitchen sugar okay. and um, four parts or three parts. Does it matter Uh-oh.
0: when you mix it if the the sugar if the water is warm or cold cuz does does one make it dissolve better or doesn't that really matter Yeah
1: the the hot will certainly make it dissolve okay. better but if you're just making one batch you know to, and that's what I do here that I just make a batch at a time yeah. it's not and you know what I I have more time than I've ever had in my life, I think. So I got time to mix up a batch of hummingbird feed every so often.
0: How long before it spoils? Because I do notice there's sometimes if you don't have a hummingbird drinking from it regularly that it will get spoiled. So it's like they might get drunk or something, or maybe they just don't yeah. come to it. How long does it take?
1: And um, it it depends on the temperature and it depends on if oh. it's in the sunlight, but i i give mine a couple of days and then i i change it again yeah maybe three if it's you know if it's been cold like it has been i I don't know how many days you could keep it out there because it's probably going to stay okay but in normal springs we get the the sun beating down it gets warm well normal springs when have we ever had one of those but it it if we have heat we have sun, then I think, you know, two, three days probably it needs to be changed.
0: Well, I've been violating that forever because I used to just leave it there and wonder why nobody ever came except for the bees and the ants.
1: <laughs> and uh, we're going to send police to your place. <laughs> you You're your breaking a, I know. A, an ordinance there. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Paul Lynn of Heartland spotted an adult bald eagle, and he took a picture with his phone. It's an amazingly good picture with a cell phone. I just I just amaze my cell phones. Um, it was far from any nest, and he saw it this spring, and he wondered why. Uh, most bald eagles could breed when they're four to five years old, but many don't start nesting until they're older. So those he saw could be non-breeding birds, or maybe they've had a failed nest. Uh, breeding territory is one to six uh, square miles. I uh, I want to thank you all for listening. I, I'd received a, a vaccination against yellow fever in preparation for a work trip to Kenya that, of course, ended up being canceled. And I thought of the yellow fever epidemic that hit Philadelphia in 1793, back when George Washington was president. You know, he had no wooden teeth. I don't know how that started. Yeah,
0: how did that start
1: then? Yeah, who'd want wooden teeth? You know, (laughs) that just doesn't make any sense at all, does it? Um, Medical professionals in those days had little concept of viruses. There were no vaccines. Surgeons didn't even regularly wash their hands or instruments between surgeries. Francis Bacon said that knowledge is power, and boy, a lot of it was lacking then. There was no Dr. Fauci. Much of the medical treatments consisted of mercury compounds, bloodletting, and purging. People were deploringly unclean. Baths were a rarity for most, and brushing teeth was unknown to many. In Philadelphia, one in 10 of its 50,000 population died of the disease. They practiced social distancing, and there was a cessation of handshakes. Certain liberties were put in abeyance. Doors of residence with infected people were marked. Some cities had quarantines against refugees or goods from Philly. Toilet paper wasn't hoarded during this plague because there wasn't any, but Perhaps corn cobs were stashed. Despite the lack of social media, people recommended harebrained cures. Smoke, drink copious amounts of wine, clean a house or body with vinegar, cover your floors with a two-inch deep layer of dirt and replace it daily, chew garlic, hang a bag of camphor around your neck, or fire guns in the streets. Some hoped a hurricane would blow the fever away. The vector wasn't identified as a mosquito until the late 19th century. I bow to science today, and I'm glad that the physician of my youthful days, Dr. Olds, wasn't much for bloodletting. I've read about dogs being trained to detect disease. Compared to us, dogs can smell in color. One day, physical exams may include being sniffed by a beagle. Yes, we'll get a CAT scan and a beagle sniffing. Remember, (laughs) folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Karen. As always, I look forward to these visits.
0: Well, always great to chat with you, too. And it's going to warm up now, Al, so we can start getting out and really start gardening now because it's almost to the safe point where I think the freezing part is done. So I'm getting excited that I'll be able to get out and put some of those warmer weather crops out soon.
1: That's uh, wonderful news.
0: Yeah. Hey, Al. You have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. 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 Always fun to talk with our good friend Al Bat. And uh, if you ever want to listen and you miss part of the show, you can.